Hi, good day, everyone. This is Andy of Andy's Personal Development, and we are currently live in the breakout room with our guest today. He's a gentleman that has been in the world of life philosophy, dealing with many facets and assets of how we can live a better and improve lifestyle if we just search in the right places for the inspiration and the transformation that is necessary to so do. I welcome you and I thank you for joining us on this amazing program, The Breakout Room. As you know, our watchwords are health, happiness, and prosperity. And in all that we do, that is what we aspire to achieve and to share with you our amazing audience, people, supporters, friends, and well-wishers. Our guest, his name is Sahanal Bahanu Rajan, and he is a spiritual taught leader, originally from India. And he says he's been immersed in traditional spirituality and meditation for the entirety of his upbringing. And because of this, he's always been deeply interested in the inner workings of the mind. So without further ado, let's introduce our guests on this second episode of 2024, The Breakout Room, Sahanal Bhanu Rajan. Welcome. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. Very good. Very good to have you in the studio and live in The Breakout Room. So I want to begin by asking you a very important question. And I'm going straight to the top. There is a gentleman that says, and I quote, the best way to find yourself is by giving service to others. Are you familiar with that quote? Mm, I'm not, but uh, I, I get the gist of it. <laughs> I think it came from an individual whom I believe somehow and I could be wrong, you could correct me if I'm wrong, would have created a spiritual and philosophical, philosophical impact on your life. The late, great Mahatma Gandhi. He said those words. Mm. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what impact at all did he have on your upbringing as a young man following his work, his philosophy, his teachings? Um... Growing up, I mean, I grew up in the 1990s. I mean, I was born in the 1990s. So I wouldn't say I was deeply uh, I uh, influenced by the philosophies or I, I read a lot of his work. Mm -hmm. I was primarily familiarized with the work in spirituality by spiritual masters from India. So in non works in non-duality. Um, so Ramana Maharshi, uh, Papaji. So I, I'm familiar with different works, but 
not so much with the uh, Mahatma Gandhi's uh, um, philosophy so much, uh, but I'm sure it would be of uh, great impact. Yeah, great. Thanks for sharing. So for the purpose of getting the information right to the people, this episode is entitled Shifting Your Consciousness for Impactful Change. And that is what we're going to share with our guest today. So Sanal, tell us, where did your desire for creating this kind of lifestyle that you now have become accustomed to, where did it come from? Where was the time in your life that you discovered this is the lifestyle that you need to live and this is the way in which you can give back to the world or contribute to the well-being of society as a whole? How did that happen for you? Um, this is, I would say the defining time was when I was in my early 20s, when I made a journey to Himalayas and I met many masters there and I spent time contemplating on uh, life and uh, on many of the life's bigger uh, questions. Um, and coming back from there, I was really inspired by the environment or the ecosystem that was uh, developed within the community there and it just really inspired me to want to work in those realms so i was like okay if i want to be working any in any particular field i would want to definitely be working in this in this particular spiritual um, field and i wanted to really bring up something of a unique my own signature on it so i wanted to create something so i i went on like a journey on the last uh, decade or more where i was spending time on um, developing a spiritual map i would say uh, because uh, we all work come up with some map uh, in our life and through which we we bear ourselves upon the world and uh, create the kind of results that we find ourselves having in life. So for me, it was all about seeing, realizing that we do have a map or a model within us and making a conscious um, participation in actively transforming and enriching this map through which I make sense of everything, make sense of my life situations, life in general, my uh, everything uh, in life. Yeah. So it's for me, it's, it's, it was, it's not so much about the meditation, but it was, I kind of started seeing it as a map and that just shifted everything because I stopped uh, getting wedded to the map and seeing it for what it is and seeing how useful uh, the maps that I hold are. And that became the 
more about being able to have more issues and engage with life and those situations and create co-create yeah okay okay great thanks for sharing sanal um i like the analogy that you took there with regards to the map scenario and it remind me of a great speech by the late great dr martin luther king jr at a high school graduation where he spoke intensively about the graduate's life being associated with a blueprint. <laughs> mm. And he told them that there were three things they needed to do in order to get the blueprint of their life sorted out in such a way that they would become successful. We could get into that a bit later on, but I want to ask you this. What kind of challenges from the ecosystems did you face when you decided in that moment that this is the direction in which you needed to go to and how did you deal with those challenges was it from family friends that you would have hung out with or lifestyle around you what were the challenges that you faced uh, well first of all it is challenging because uh, starting off a career in spirituality is not something that is uh, that, uh, that's i don't know that uh, that is uh, considered very normal considered on a, yeah on a nice light uh, right guess, you know right yeah, especially from the cultural setup i was uh, coming from it was mm-hmm. just uh, just a shock also and then on top of that i was uh, uh, it's also about the fact creating something and yeah. that that doesn't always sit well in many circles because there's already established existing systems in place mm-hmm. and uh, why is there need for a new system right to, uh, to be created for it right so and also there's times when you don't really see the whole picture you know you cannot see that because it's just like a, you just have to trust that the dots will connect. Yes. Uh, as you look back, you know, so it's kind of like that sort of a non-linear creation. Uh, so yeah. I kind of picked up pieces uh, of different, different stuff from all over the place along this journey. And uh, I mend it all up together to create something that is that has a life of its own i would say at this point yeah and then i just experimented it out and i started teaching it in universities uh, for two years and uh, and i started seeing a lot of results and i started working sharing it with people on like a um, on a longer course of period of time like two months three months something like that Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I was I was like, okay, this is really it, it, it's 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 very different because it's not about practice and it's not about more practice and it's about actually understanding how our mind works and knowing where is it that we can actually make a difference right now, you know. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, it's 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 about actively participating or engaging with the mind to create, um, to change and to shift instead of passively trying to do something like doing some sort of special breathing and then you come to some calm or something like that. So it's about you are really engaging and participating with the mind. It's an active participation rather than a passive mode of, um, yeah, how the most of the approaches with the mind is very passive, you know? Yeah. In spirituality. Right yeah. 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 Wonderful. So, Sanhal, when you, when you work with people on a one-on-one -on -one basis, what are some of the things that they struggle with that you have been able to help them with in terms of having that clearer mindset, and I would describe it as well as a heart set, where they would see opportunities rather than obstacles in their lives, in their careers, their relationships, and things like that. What are some of the things that they are challenged with that you can assist them and help them? Yeah, one of the, in my, when I was uh, doing this, uh, teaching this modality, this methodology with one of my um, clients who I was working with, she was dealing with a lot of pain like mm -hmm. a lot of physical pain. So she yeah. had rheumatoid arthritis and she was diagnosed with it uh, you know, at a very early stage in yeah. her teenage years. And she was struggling with it for over the course of like two decades, close to yeah. by the time I met her. So she was uh, depressed for quite some time, a few years. And uh, so she was doing meditation and all these things. You know, so it's it's not like there was no attempt to bring about transformation, uh, but the thing is, it was a for for me the biggest shift with her was simply about changing the relationship ah. that she had with the pain. Okay, because we we human beings we are a relational creatures. We mm -hmm. relate to everything. Right. And our relationship with something will shape our experience of being with it. Okay. So what you cannot be with will not let you be. Mm. So just like that. So, so <laughs> if she cannot be with the pain, the pain will not let her be either. Okay. So, so it's about shifting. So it's about becoming aware uh, about what kind of relating do I have to this pain and to get a grips on that and letting the mind look at that differently you wow. know uh, wow. to, to be able to develop the cognitive flexibility mm -hmm. uh, to be able to take different perceptual position and shift the relationship that you have with the pain Okay. It's not the pain, it's about the way you relate to the pain that yeah. creates most of the suffering. Yes. So I just kind of and I just kind of encourage her to refuse saying statements that are self-defeating when it comes to how she how she articulate about mm -hmm. the pain. Mm -hmm. 
in general. So, and just say good things about it or about how competent she is when it comes to handling pain with ease and grace. You know, so speaking about more about her competency and her capabilities in handling pain with ease and with grace rather than more about how pain is unbearable. I can right. handle this pain. How long? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just like shifting this relationship and just saying statements like I, I love, uh, I love handling my pain with ease and grace, for example. So you can build in further relationship again to the right. of how you feel about the fact that you handle it with ease and grace and stuff. So just like playing around with uh, mm -hmm. these kind of statements and narratives around the pain for some days and she noticed there was a big shift. Okay. There was a big shift because what we all have is we all have a semantic reaction to the words that we think and also to the words that we speak. Mm -hmm. So so important what you think and what you speak, we have we react to them. We react okay. to those words. So yeah. just by consciously upgrading the semantic or the semantics that we use to describe our reality, we already uh, can experience a big shift. Yeah. Wow. In our experience of that. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, that's a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing, Sanal. Is there some specific technique, mode of um, technique that you would use in terms of maybe meditation and so on to help people get that change of mindset that you are speaking about so that the perspective in which they see things becomes different? And instead of seeing themselves as a victim, they learn. Is there some specific technique, uh, meditation, or something like that? No, I, I would encourage everyone mm -hmm. to to pay attention to their speech, especially mm. in their interpersonal relatings, like with okay. others. Yes. So when they describe their, because we are storytellers. You know, that's that's all we can do. So when we see someone, whatever we say essentially becomes a story. Right. So the stories that we are telling to others about ourselves, it matters a lot. So paying attention to the stories that we are telling and noticing the ones that are self-defeating in nature, you know, that yes. are or the stories where you describe yourself as a victim in it. Mm. or powerless in it you yeah know? yeah so just paying attention to the stories and not stopping it but just letting it flow and just actually taking note of it and maybe when you are by yourself just in front of the mirror try on that that story uh, by yourself in front of the mirror uh, say it out loud and see how you feel in okay. your body. Okay. You say that story. Right. And actually taking that story 
and really looking at it because you know the actual situation and because the story is not the actual situation that I'm okay okay the rendering of it on mm. the of render okay. yes so now you are going to render that uh, make a different rendering out of that sixteen situation instead of allying with your weakness inside that story you're going to ally with your strengths that allowed you to handle that situation yeah. because if there is one thing that we all have in common is that we have all handled it whatever challenges or whatever through uh, life through to us we have all handled it otherwise we wouldn't be here right now mm. so it's about how good you have handled it or you, you probably can have some sort of an opinion regarding oh yeah i could have handled it better or something like that but regardless the fact remains that you have handled it so you can look into that fact how did i handle it what were the things that i brought into the table that allowed me to handle however i have handled it okay right and where did i learn those things so that's how you ally with your strengths so what usually people do when they find feel as a victim is when they are allying with the weakness you know or maybe for example they are focusing on the on the on the defeats mm. on the fact that oh me i i i feel that that again or they can ally with the strengths like the fact that i showed up again yes even after all the years i still showed up again that takes courage right so you can ally with those strengths so even from defeats you can always pull out with yes 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 you know, it's an attitude that you carry in right life. right i i would describe it as rising like a phoenix out of the ashes <laughs> thank you so much for sharing sanal i want to play something for you now and i i want you to tell us where it is coming from i think you have mostly covered all that we would like to look at from the perspective of this particular video but i'm going to play it mm-hmm. anyhow to kind of emphasize what you were just saying let's see how you see is never how it is why do i say that because reality as it is is undifferentiated there is no experience you can have of it so what happens instead we we differentiate the reality through distinctions we separate it through concepts so the concepts through which we are looking at reality acts like a lens through which you are looking at it and the lens always modifies what you are looking at so that's what's going on how you see the situation is always modified by the concept through which you are looking at it so your experience has everything to do with how you see rather than how it is okay i want you to emphasize that a little bit for us sanal because i find it so deep so resonating with me and i believe that tremendous value lies within that kind of philosophy for people 
especially considering the challenges we are facing in the world today? Yeah, so that that is one of my favorite um, topic, actually. It's right. about perception and the truth. It, uh, yes. it is something that uh, I took from general semantics. So, mm -hmm. so the, the analogy is the map is not the territory. Mm -hmm. So, so where the map is essentially the perception, and the territory uh, stands for the truth or reality. You know. So what we get to have is a map of it. We don't get to have the territory in the, in our hands. So the point is how useful the map that we have is. So the point is how uh, how useful our perception is, rather than getting stuck with our perception. Yeah, yeah. You know, usually we get into this sort of a tunnel vision of of mistaking our perception for the truth. So we get into this whole sort of a pipeline. How I see is how it is, mm -hmm. or what I see is all there is to. But there is always going to be more than what you see. Yeah. Because perception itself is a, a it, it is a reduction of a lot of from the totality of information in order to create that very perception yes. that we have. So it, it, it's just by some information that is previously not known just coming into the light, our very perception always get modified. Mm -hmm. you know, so. So the perception is always it's not it's not true we there's always going to be unknown things that that we just don't take into account or that we just no way have it's, it's just not possible to know the totality of everything and yes. everything yes regarding the yes. whole situation and maybe just some information comes out and our whole attitude towards a person just totally shifts just in a moment moments in a passing we one piece of information from their past comes to light and everything changes and so we are very familiar with it so it's just like and at this time it's so relevant it's so important for us to recognize that how we see is never how it is. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. Wow. And that's and deep. About, okay, what, what, yeah. what is what is it really creating? Uh -huh. you know, it's more about how am I showing up uh, yes. when I see the way I see? And is this the way I want to show up? Mm -hmm. the, instead of instead of chasing after the truth yeah uh, you're never going to have the truth in your hands uh, whatever you will end up having will be one way of looking at it whatever it is right right uh, yeah that's deep 
<laughs> Thank you for sharing, Sanu. Um, you said that you found that most of the existing schools of thought are outdated and time-consuming for people to truly pursue and get results. What exactly are you alluding to? How did you come to that conclusion? Okay. So most of the spiritual, most of the spiritual paths puts mm -hmm. a lot of emphasis on truth. Yeah. On the truth. And yeah. so, and truth is a very, for me, it's about escaping mm. the, the, the escaping the truth path. Okay. You know, because time where the very experience that we find ourselves in, if you really look deep within, there is something that we believe to be the truth mm -hmm. about ourselves and about the moment, about the world in that very particular moment. That's okay. how we have an experience. You know. So if we get stuck with the truth, if you really believe there is a particular truth out there, and then now now you you cannot you don't have any flexibility with it you know you don't have any flexibility and if it is about relating to the truth that's a very flexible thing because you can relate to the truth in a variety of different ways yes yes probably possibly infinitely different ways you can mm -hmm. relate to the truth mm -hmm. you know so if it's about relating and how useful the relating is now that's a very interesting direction you know looking at the utility of the way i relate to the truth okay you know? great yes yes so, so i am otherwise we can always look for chase after the truth but that is a time consuming thing and how do we really really know that is the absolute 100% the totality of the whole truth. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So this way you can start. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go out. You don't have to find the truth of uh, anything. You know, it's, it's all about relating. And right. you can look at how, how useful it is, my relating. Am I able to show up at my best? Yeah. The way I'm relating. You know, that, right. that becomes the essential questions rather than, oh, do I have the whole truth in my hands? Okay. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Are you yeah, in... We have the whole statement, truth shall set you free. <laughs> <laughs> but not, not really. <laughs> yes, indeed. 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 Um are you doing any publications uh, with regards to the work that you're doing? Um, right now, I actually have the website where mm -hmm. um, my methodology and uh, the people who I have worked with, their opinions, and more about the spirituality, um, this framework can be read about. So my website is spiritualogic.com. I'm just going to help you a little bit there by showing it on the yeah, screen. Yeah, and, yeah and that's my handle in Facebook, in Instagram, 
in YouTube also yeah. Islam Vishma now. Okay. And also all the people who are watching the podcast right now, I have a gift for all of them. Uh, uh, the website is podcastgiftnow.com. Mm -hmm. So so they can go in and uh, they can put in their email and they have access to almost nine hours of professionally recorded footage of me mm -hmm. speaking about this methodology on different uh, topics of it. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. So the yeah, podcastgiftnow.com. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. So I want to play another video for you. And it has a lot to do with connections. So, yeah. We Personal connections in our life. Uh, there are ways in which we upset ourselves, making a lot of inferences. Inferences versus information. Yeah. So in a social interaction, what people do is a cascade of inferences. They read into the situation. People unconsciously believe that they are mind readers. The problem is that when you make this kind of cascade of inferences, you end up going into a victim psychology and making things very, very personal. So what you can instead do is stay in the level of information and curiosity. Meaning, if someone makes a certain expression, instead of reading into it, simply, hmm, they make that kind of an expression. I wonder what it means. And really be curious about it. Yeah, well, I am very, very curious <laughs> because you you truly define the great difference between inference and information. So how do we focus on the latter rather than the former, which could carry us down a rabbit hole, so to speak, and we miss the whole point of the communication or interconnection that we are supposed to have with anyone? Yeah. So making inferences, making a chain of inferences, it usually happens outside of consciousness and happens really, really fast. You know, that cascade of inferences, it happens outside of consciousness pretty fast. And we usually kind of end up being on the receiver's end of the reaction. So we kind of feel the reaction more than the inferences or the chains of inferences. Yeah. So yeah. So to avoid that is to really that's that's more like an attitude that you cultivate within you, being able to stay on the level of information, like not reading into it, remembering that you are not a mind reader. You know that that because Usually, yes. it just yes. it just occurs to us that we. So, what I teach to my students for this, uh, there's a sensory-based exercise that you can do uh, to kind of retrain the uh, retrain the brain and to kind of make that distinction of assumptions versus facts. You know. Uh, so what you can do is you can sit in a room and just look around and see what really captures your imagination, captures your attention, 
and let your attention rest on that thing and just make an assumption after you notice the surface of that whatever you wherever your gaze is falling and make an assessment on whether it's a rough or soft or smooth or something like that mm -hmm. on the um, you know the, the surface of it and then the the level of smoothness not just simply guess or smooth or hard or rough or soft not like that but to also kind of if you're saying smooth also kind of like trying to uh, predict the exact level of smoothness that you expect it to be you know and then after that just go and actually touch touch that surface you know? and see make a assessment on based on your prediction and the fact of it and usually 99 percent of the case there will be some difference okay um so that teaches the brain the difference between assumption and fact so doing this exercise uh, for a few weeks will make the brain again uh, because the brain is a predicting machine you know and it predicts based on the assumptions that is already in place but if the assumptions are already wrong then now all the predictions come out wrong you see mm -hmm. so but it is good to make predictions or to make assumptions yeah. to make informed assumptions it's a good quality but to also have the recognition that it is an assumption that we are making however good it is it's, it's very important otherwise we are going to mistake the assumption for the fact and uh, operate from there you know so we take the assumption for the fact and now we respond as if like the assumption is the fact you know yeah yeah so so that happens in social interactions a lot and we react to things that we are just simply assuming most of the time <laughs> and the assumptions <laughs> lead to a chain of personalizing and victimhood probably you know making things really really personal happens. all right yeah. yeah yeah so just like really showing yourself to stay on the level of information making a certain face just being like hmm oh they made him oh they made an expression like that hmm, i wonder what it means hmm. but i want why they did that you know? yeah yeah and being really curious about it yeah so staying, staying on the level of information and curiosity yeah you know that, being curious about yeah. that information that you notice yeah, yeah yeah that reminds me of being like you know childlike in our approach with that innocence and that level of curiosity, always wanting to find out more. And I think that helps so many ways for us to actually connect with truth, the truth that matters, rather than finding ourselves going in the wrong direction. Thank you so much for sharing that, Sanal. 
Do you have a particular mentor in your life, that individual who has this still, sturdy, foundational voice that when you are faced with challenges or making certain decisions, you seek their help, you seek their advice, and they help you to see things more clearly? Now, for quite some time, I don't really have someone like that in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I I have been kind of on my own. Uh-huh. But but still, I had I had influences. Of course, I had influences. You know, my own family itself. Uh, have I if any sort of decision making or anything is right. Concerned. Right. I'm, I'm coming from India and uh, from the cultural setup that we have. I I'm going to discuss it with my mom and my family, of course. And of course, the decisions usually uh, get influenced from there mostly. Um, okay. And of course, I do have mentors because in on many areas because I am. Um, I have been uh, working with different fields of um, conversational hypnotherapy, of hypnosis, um, of NLP, and uh, general semantics in many areas. I do have mentors from where I have collected, acquired many skills and many ideologies and methodologies and everything and i think all of the learnings it just develops that richness in the map you know and that kind of acts as the gate so what essentially the map is is it just the the richness the that we build onto the map it essentially uh, informs your intuition so your intuition becomes better the better the map becomes okay know? yes so yes. you do have some sort of a uh, intelligence you know working through you okay yeah yeah great great wonderful wonderful so are you currently mentoring anyone at this time do you see anyone who you think has that potential to do some of what you are doing currently and making a difference in the world and you have taken them under your wings because you see the future shaping up through them and maybe they can carry on with what you have started yeah i do have um I do have some uh, some some people that I do see uh, as people who are really drawn to these uh, ideas that I'm sharing with them. Yes, and would really like to share it with the world also. Yes. So I do see because of course you know it is uh, this is an ongoing process and uh, I'm just one person and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's about uh, all of everything that uh, the whole methodology that I'm sharing, it's all about actually we becoming a board 
through that uh, stream of knowledge so that we ourselves are in a place of being able to carry, uh, continue that environment ourselves. Plus, we are equipped enough to empower others, so others we meet on the journey too. Yeah. 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 Okay, great. So we have just about maybe 30 seconds or so before we end this episode, and it has been quite engaging and informative. But we just want to give Sanal again the opportunity to share his contact information and let people know what they can get when they make contact with you. One more time, tell them again. Um, what Basically what I do is just uh, I help people to harmoniously and gracefully engage with their life situations and build the kind of capabilities that is needed for essentially doing that and create the kind of results that they want to create in their life. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful. Great. Thank you for sharing and thank you for being an amazing guest on the second episode of 2024, Breaking Out of Depression. So folks, we have had Sanul Bhanu Rajan with us live in the breakout room, sharing his philosophy, his life story, and so many wonderful and amazing things that he's looking to do to help people become much more focused heart set and transform the way that they think get rid of all the anomalies and become more attuned to the reality of truth in their relationships in their professions in their lives as the case might be as we end this broadcast we want to remind you again of the three watchwords health happiness and prosperity until next time this is andy together with my guests Sanal saying so long, Godspeed, God bless, Shalom, Namaste. Bye for now. <laughs>